The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Next, a former undercover officer in the CIA is breaking cover to tell how God used her to save lives. So when you're in a meeting with a terrorist who's a penetration of a group that's targeting Americans or Iraqis, to have the discernment that that person is not telling me the truth, that person might be a double agent. And that happened over and over again where I would get a gut feeling about someone that proved to be true. And had we not realized, we would have ended up putting a lot of lives in danger. Welcome you to life today. I'm James Robinson. Betty and I are just thrilled to have this opportunity of sharing with you. And I want you to think about this. Here is a woman, Michelle Rigby Assad, who was with the CIA. And she's written about her secret life in the CIA, Central Intelligence Agency, and what it taught me about what's worth fighting for. Now, this precious woman, very brave, uh, faced a lot of danger to try to keep us from danger, and was able to help people who were held captive, many of them Christians, nearly 150 Christians who were held captive, get set free. They've been set free by the Lord, but then they were set free by love for them and the wisdom that uh, she and her husband had with the CIA. I think that we need to praise God for those who try to keep us safe and pray for their safety because it's a miracle that she and her husband made it on the journey that they were on. And I know they'd probably tell you prayer made all the difference in the world for them and then for the people they helped. Would you welcome Michelle Rigby Assad, breaking cover in the book? Do you, do you feel concerned about breaking cover, even having been with the CIA and the things you did, and now then you've written a book about it, you're talking about it, does, does that ever give you concern? Does it ever frighten you that just people knowing that could want to do you harm? So there is an element of risk, um, but when God calls you to do something, you pretty much have to do it. And um, I never intended to write a book. It wasn't on my bucket list, but um, God spoke to me one day and told me to write this book and share my story. And I knew that I had to do it in true name for it to be meaningful and not pseudonym. Um, but I was still working for the CIA at that time, and it's a big deal to drop cover. And they don't have to say yes, but thankfully, eventually, it did fall into place, and they did allow us to drop cover. What was the main thing that probably moved you to want to share? What was it that happened that made you say, I've got to tell this story? So my husband and I worked together as undercover counterterrorism officers for uh, 10 years in the agency, and the majority of our career was spent in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a simple girl from a small town in Central Florida, <laughs> and I never dreamed of doing anything like this. Well, you but were a homecoming queen. I, yeah, I was. <laughs> so what am I doing over here in the Middle East? <laughs> I wanted to be a ballerina. So, um, so but what I think is so fascinating about my story is showing that when you commit yourself to Christ and when you put no conditions on that commitment, he can take you to places that you don't even know exist. 
And so for me, that was he placed these passions inside me for foreign cultures. And I just, one step at a time, followed that passion to its next step. So that was mission trip after high school. It was a study abroad program in Egypt as an undergrad. It was a master's degree in Arab studies. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing all this, my family said, what in the world are you going to do with an Arab studies degree? <laughs> and I said, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but uh, it was so interesting because the government on September 11th had plenty of Arab experts. And then on, on September 12th, we became the hottest commodity on the planet. Wow. And, incre and incredibly, Joseph was already just gotten into the CIA, and I was just about to start training when that well, happened. Now, how did you meet him? I mean, he's an Egyptian, <laughs> and how did you y'all connect? Yes, I mean, it's a fascinating story. We <laughs> met as teenagers in Central Florida. So Joseph is originally a Christian from Egypt, and he was denied a university education because of his Christian activities. And so a little church in Central Florida, First Baptist Church to Varies heard about his, mm. his story. Wow. They worked with a local Christian college and got him a full tuition scholarship wow. to Palm Beach Atlantic wow. University wow. and changed the course of Joseph's life. God. And so the pastor's son was my classmate, and so we met after a football game <laughs> in Central Florida. Okay. Yes. So and here you are. You got, you got married <laughs> yeah, and got you're it. Assad. Exactly. And then all of a sudden you're both in the CIA. So did he yes. kind of recruit you in because he was in? Did he talk you into it or what? It was it was actually a very long road into the CIA, which started with me being recruited out of Georgetown. And then that job was taken away from me before it ever began. Part of sharing this story is showing people that when you walk with God, it doesn't mean you're going to not have a struggle. That road is going to be bumpy and uncertain and very difficult at times, and you might not know where the next step is leading you. And so for many years, all my friends were getting these amazing jobs on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and I couldn't get a job. <laughs> God intended for us to go to a place we didn't know existed, the CIA. <laughs> But I could not give up my faith in God and that eventually he would, you know, reveal the next step. Um, and so what's really fascinating is after getting into the CIA together and working undercover for 10 years, um, we felt God leading us out of the CIA. Uh, but what are we going to do? You have no resume. You can't tell people what you've done for 10 years. <laughs> you have no Rolodex of contacts to energize to get yeah. a job. Um, but incredibly, God put us in touch with Hollywood producer Mark Burnett mm -hmm. and his wife, who's always also a uh, Roma Downey, mm -hmm. a Hollywood producer, mm -hmm. who were trying to help Christians in the Middle East and said that we're doing all we can to help them live better lives where they are. But some of them have been threatened by ISIS, convert or die, and we're going to take over your village. And we've got to help those people find a safe haven. And you, so you were being and touched I, by an angel that, oh. wanted, <laughs> yeah. that wanted to, as an angel, touch a lot of other yeah. people and wanted you to become one of those angels, yeah. yes. a messenger. Yes, and so we got pulled into this project that had a group of Americans who said, let's just see what can be done. And so we were asked to operationalize this idea. And it miraculously, in four and a half months, after traipsing around the world, trying to find countries willing to take these refugees, finding a group to work with, vetting them to be sure there was no ISIS in the ranks or criminal, you know, criminal networks, um, 
and setting up this amazing evacuation with a special plane. On December 10th, 2015, we evacuated 149 Christians out of northern Iraq and That's flew them to their new homes a in Slovakia. No no Even in all the struggles and the danger and all that, that whole time, did you feel like God was carrying you yes. the whole time? Because if, if not, you'd be covered with fear. Right. Indeed. Um, we were covered with so much prayer at that time. And it was really interesting. Um, Joseph had to carry this so suitcase full of all the documentation for these refugees to the Vatican in order to get the Vatican approval for this project. And while he was there, I flew back from Iraq and I was at home with nothing to do but pray. And as I was literally on my knees in prayer on the floor asking God to intervene to make this possible, he said, Michelle, I'm not doing you a favor. This is my project. Mm. <laughs> and I realized in that wow. moment, we were just tools, and this was yeah. his will, and it was going to be done, and we just needed to get behind it. Wow. So to watch him move like that was pretty incredible. Yeah. How, how do American Christians, who should be praying about everything, leadership, we know, and I've been involved behind the scenes in what goes on in Washington for more than 40 years. Mm -hmm. I don't talk about it openly a lot except express concern. But the, the needs in the Washington area leadership are critical. Yes. The worldview that's being perpetuated in our academic settings today in schools, from even our public schools for children all the way up through universities and colleges, is, is not just an anti-biblical worldview, not just not teaching it, but they're attacking that point of view. Mm. Many of the people who have a worldview like that have found their way into various agencies. Right. And there's a lack sometimes of spiritual sensitivity and discernment. Yeah. Had you not had spiritual sensitivity and discernment, how much more danger would you have been in? And without so the prayers of people, mm -hmm. how serious is it for Christians to realize we must be in prayer yes. for all the people who've taken these places. Some of them don't supernaturally have good discernment. They need, discernment and those who do have it still need protection critical, and wisdom. Critical to being an intelligence officer, for example. So when you're in a meeting with a terrorist who's a penetration of a group that's targeting Americans or Iraqis, and you're meeting with that person, um, to have the discernment that that person is not telling me the truth, that person might be a double agent. And, and realizing that could save mine and my colleagues' lives. And that happened over and over again where I would get a gut feeling about someone that proved to be true. Mm -hmm. And had we not realized, we would have ended up putting a lot of lives in danger. Could have brought the wrong person in, which has happened yes. because there's been a lack of discernment yes. in too many places in bureaucratic agencies Correct. where people their lifetime, turf protectors oftentimes, not sensitive to really protecting the people or sensitive to the one who knows how to protect. And Absolutely. I think it's very critical that yes. we have spiritual discernment in all areas. Yes. And also I like to, to tell people we need a lot more Christians to realize full-time ministry is wherever God puts you. Absolutely. And so if God's put it on your heart to do something that seems a little um, different or mm -hmm. off the beaten path, he needs people who love him everywhere. So this <laughs> passion to study the Middle East and understand the Arab world, that was, you know, that was something he could use. And we need more people in government who have subject matter expertise in all kinds of things, not just Middle East, Russia, North Korea, Afghanistan, all these foreign languages and cultures. Well, God led your steps. And what do you want him to do with the book, Breaking Cover? I mean, you, you told the story. There's some risk involved in it. You knew that. Yes. Why would you tell it? And if you didn't have some hope that something would, would happen to the reader, what, what do you, what's your hope? So my my 
passion is for people to see this. People hear, okay, Michelle, you've been to 50 countries. You've lived in six places in the Middle East. You are such a courageous person. You're so impressive. And I say, wait, hold on. There was nothing that I walked into feeling capable prepared or ready. And yet when God opened the door, I walked through it anyhow. So God doesn't call us um, to do interesting things. They don't happen in your comfort zone. They come in places where you're uncomfortable. And so you have to be comfortable with letting God lead you into what for me was the CIA and from everybody is something unique. And so the idea is I am sharing my stories and my authentic struggles so that people can see that Ordinary people can do extraordinary things when their faith is greater than their fear. Mm-hmm. Wow. Were you ever at a point where you were uh, frightened, fearful <laughs> that you might lose your life? And by the way, yes. were you, were you, uh, say, disguised, trying to present yourself with the name Assad as a, as a Muslim, perhaps, or not, or just no. more neutral? No, so most of the time they knew they were dealing with CIA when they were dealing with me. I was scared almost every single day of that (laughs) career. Um, But there was a time in which I was uh, serving in a particular country that was a kidnapping and carjacking capital, one Mm -hmm. of the capitals of the world. And at that time, tribesmen were snatching people off the streets and selling them to Al-Qaeda. It was very lucrative. Mm -hmm. And so my husband and I would always tell each other, you can never get taken. And one day as I was driving to work by myself, Joseph was not with me. Were they selling them like to be uh, a, a toy, a slave, or what? Uh, they uh, were sending them to Al Qaeda, and Al Qaeda was then trying to um, negotiate with the government for money, mm-hmm. but they always killed them anyhow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so they uh, always, you know, had their throat mm-hmm. slit, and that was mm-hmm. it. And um, I was like, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. Sure. And so that day, as I was driving to work, and I stopped at a stoplight, I was surrounded by cars, and then a man who was crossing the street in front of me um, re- exposed himself because he looked through the window and saw an uncovered face, and it was just too much for him. Mm-hmm. And he did something incredibly inappropriate in front of my car, which uh, was embarrassing, but that was not the worst part of it. Uh, Suddenly, my car is being surrounded by dozens and what's going to be hundreds of local men. Mm -hmm. And if they saw or when they saw that I was by myself in the car, I would possibly get taken. And I had in that moment, I had this intuitive response, which um, thank God the CIA gave us ambush training. And they said, if it's either you or them, you've got to decide. And I ended up having to use my car um, to hit that person in order to get them out of the the way. Use the car as a weapon. Yeah. Defensive weapon. A defensive weapon, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's not a place I hope anybody would find Mm themselves in, but that day, thankfully, I had the right response. After hitting him the second time, he finally moved. (laughs) I know he was really (laughs) stubborn. (laughs) And then I realized that day how close I had come from a very, very unfortunate incident. How far did you drive before you eased up on the accelerator? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't touch that brake once on the rest of the way to uh, to work. I mean, the adrenaline was surging through my body. I was shaking, and but I realized how very, how very cl- close I was that day, and how God's protection over my life was really critical. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you said to people right now who are watching, here's what I'd like to ask you to pray. In light of all the world conditions we face right now, what do you see? When you've been in the intelligence agency, you're trying to mm-hmm. find out a lot about the enemy, trying to warn us. Yes. How do we pray? We need transformative leadership. 
We need strong leadership that has substantive expertise in these key areas in the world. And we need people who are ready to look at our bureaucracy, which is bloated and burdensome, and say there's got to be a better way. We need somebody to come in and transform all of these processes in government which are not working very well. But that takes a very knowledgeable and very strong person, or strong who, people. Or someone who will listen and who's taught. Right. And who will be yeah. unflinching. Yes. And who will be fearless. Yeah. And won't be trying to look out for themselves. Right. But what's best for America. Indeed. So yeah. that's what we pray. Yeah. We pray all of our heart. And when we get what's best for us, we can bless the nations of the world. Yes. And that has been one of the great strengths of America from the time we were birthed, I think miraculously, mm -hmm. primarily because of prayer and people seeking real freedom that they understood comes from a relationship with the only source of freedom. Yes. And, and I think we experienced a miracle birth and I believe that we have learned how to develop resources marvelously and we have been one of the most benevolent nations in history. People don't realize we are a generous people. Yeah. Americans are incredibly generous. When you give them an opportunity to give, they really do want to make a difference if we'll in the world. show people what works. Yes. Our viewers say, when I see something that works, love flows. Yes. One of the problems we have is a lot of times when our agencies take it over, right. <clears throat> they begin to own the people mm -hmm. who become dependent upon them and they're just dispersing things right. with no love, no compassion, connection, right. no oversight, no accountability, no responsibility. So there's no way you ever remove the compassion connection, the love connection, which God has made very clear. You love him, you love your neighbor as yourself. Right. That means you're looking out for what's best. And this is what we've got to have. I think there's no substitute for a spiritual awakening going all over the world and seeing what you're seeing. Do you think the stage is set right now for the next great spiritual awakening? I do. Oh, and I say that very personally because I felt so led to pray for that very thing. And I, and I had this feeling, okay, Michelle, there are lots of Michelles all over the world right now that the Holy Spirit's urging to pray for uh, a, a transformation and, and like a move, a great move of the Holy Spirit. So right. I suspect, I suspect I'm one of many, many people <laughs> who've been led to pray in that manner. And also for people willing to stand up and do the hard things, yeah. you know, to walk in the hard places. Which you did. Mm -hmm. And I really encourage people to not be, to not be fearful, to have courage. Yeah. Would you like to say thanks to God and thanks to Michelle, to her husband for what she's done? And for what you shared, and the book is in the bookstores. You can get it online. I hope you will. And, uh, you know, Michelle, you've, you've seen what happens when love reaches out to people in a desperate state. And you watch what happens when that love takes effect because you've seen people set free. You've seen their lives saved. We are right now uh, literally doing what our viewers seem to enjoy. We give just a cup of water in Jesus' name. You know, he says if you do that, you don't lose your reward. Well, I think it's up to him to determine what that reward <laughs> is. But to me, when I have blessed someone, that's a reward. I just love to see the, what, what love does. Yeah. Well, right now, we not only give a cup of water, but we're able to give a well of water to an entire village where they have nothing but disease-ridden, contaminated water. It's killing them. Well, we can give them life because of the love of God that's in our heart. And Betty, you know, we believe right now the most sensitive people, I think on the planet, are the people who will look and see a need and not turn away, not walk away, not walk by the person that's in need, uh, like the priest and the Levite, but be involved like the good Samaritan. And this is what I believe you are. And right now, 
would you just focus eyes of love on an area of tremendous need for love? And I believe with all my heart, you're going to be moved by love to release it. And I think you're going to rejoice. Watch closely. This is heartbreaking. This little guy's telling a story about his baby sister who just died this year from drinking this water right here. It's just awful to hear us listen to. Right now, these three siblings live with their grandmother, who takes care of them the best she can. But every day, they still either have to drink the same water that took their sister's life, or else die themselves from dehydration. We know there's a better option. Contaminated water may take lives, but clean water saves lives. If you help us drill a clean water well in this village, you will protect children from ever having to drink this water again. I don't want to see that water take one more child away from this family. I don't believe there's a single person watching us right now, Betty, and what we just saw. They can think about that little boy talking about his sister. He's got two other little girls there, sisters with him. But he's talking about his baby sister dying and about how sad he was. It's a precious little boy thinking about that. It's not something that should even register in a child's mind. But Betty, that contaminated water is killing hundreds of them. That was a grave they were kneeling by and our mission overseer, Ralph Doan, was standing there by a grave. He said, let's stop this. And the way we stop it is by drilling a fresh water well in that area. You saw there at the end, the children rejoicing, where there was a well drilled. You've helped drill at the end of this year, 6,000 water wells. Think about that. That's a lot of love. And that's millions of lives touched and literally millions saved and led to Christ because we give them water for life because of the water of life. Would you right now help us drill the 400 water wells this year? We've got 200 to go. We just need a miracle outpouring of love, and I believe we're going to have it. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Go online, take the website there, or dial the number that's there as a prayer line, always to help you and pray with you. Take your bank card and just make the best gift God leads you to make. Here's what I want you to understand. The wells average $4,800 each. Sometimes individuals say, I'm going to give a well. It becomes a great joy. If you can give a well, please do, or a portion of a well. Please know this. The majority of what comes in to drill those wells 
people giving $48 or $144. Example, $48 gives 10 people water the rest of their life. $144, 30 people water the rest of their life. So there's a level at which everyone can participate. We have some gifts to send you, the miracles of Christ, which is exactly what we share when we give a cup of water. Jesus says, you give a cup of water in my name, you won't lose your reward. We're giving away beautiful coffee mugs, one for the morning, one for the evening, with the scriptures there to just really rejoice and praise the Lord morning and evening. Great way to start the day and close the day. We also have the beautiful Thomas Kincaid Bridge of Faith. If you can give a gift of $1,200 or more toward the $4,800 well, ask for that beautiful framed canvas. Thank you so much for being sensitive. Thank you for not turning away when you see someone with a broken heart and you see a need that love can meet. Thank you for meeting that need. Would you please right now make the gift God puts on your heart by calling the number or going online. Thank you so much for doing it. You are giving life. That's the greatest gift. Today, a mother living in extreme poverty will do the unthinkable. Give her children dirty, disease-filled water that she knows could kill them. With no other choice, what's a mother to do? With your help, clean water is on the way. Mission Water for Life provides a new beginning for thousands of children and their families. A bright future with better health. With your gift today, you can help drill 400 water wells in remote villages in 15 nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide life-giving water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we'll send you the miracles of Christ, what living beyond impossible looks like. Filled with scriptures, prayers, and stories of Jesus' miraculous power, James Robison adds insight about how to walk in faith and live beyond the impossible. With your gift of $100 or more, request the morning and evening coffee mug set. Each mug features beautiful artwork and scripture from Psalm 92.2, a wonderful reminder of God's faithfulness each day. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and you may request the beautiful Bridge of Faith framed canvas print by Thomas Kincaid. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, Betty and I just want to say thank you so much for sharing life. We're sending the beautiful book, The Miracles of Christ, miracles that I've shared and our guests have shared, and then the real miracle story here, Michelle Rigsby Assad. I mean, this is breaking cover. Tremendous inspiration. If you say James could... I know it's online, I know we can get in the bookstores, but uh, would you send it to us if we just help give a cup of water, if we help you know, drill those wells? Yes. You want the book, you believe it'll be a blessing and a help to you, we'll be glad to send it to you just to say thanks. Would you join Betty and me in saying thanks to Michelle for being a blessing to us. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Bless you and your husband. Bless your family. Thank you for watching. Thanks so much for supporting the outreaches. Thank you.
tomorrow, Sheila Walsh reflects on the legacy of her mom, especially her love for God and her faithfulness during difficult times. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.